Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on this beautiful spring day. I wish I had the soundboard so I could ring the round of applause and the party bells and all the congratulation noise because it's exciting. It's beautiful outside here and it is definitely on its way to spring. And I say that to Mother Nature if she's listening just so she doesn't mess with us this week. So welcome to Financially Speaking and we're excited to have you here tonight. There's um, lots of opportunity to call in if you'd like to and ask questions. If you want to join us in the chat room, we'd love to have you there. Uh, you can give us a call. Our American friends can call us at one eight one five eight eight zero eight two five five, or our Canadian friends can call us at one six one three eight zero zero eight seven three six. We'd love to talk to you. And if you're not in the U.S. and you're not in Canada, then join us in the chat room and you can ask questions there. So tonight I'm going to do something a little bit different. So we've had we're still going to talk about finances because let's be honest, that's really what it all comes down to anyway. Um we can relate anything to finance. But tonight I want to talk about spending habits and where does your money go? So we talked about um monitoring your cash, you know, just watching where it goes, just the flow of it, what goes in, what comes out and just monitoring how that's working if it's at too much cash at the end of the month or too much month at the end of the cash. You know, those are the things that we always like to know and adjust accordingly. And we've had great conversations about estate planning and insurance and what it is. And we've had some a lot of fun with some cool interviews. We had Lori Hawkins on last week and we've had Betty Mae Glenn on. Um, we've had Marietta Snetsinger. We've had Karen Cook on. We've had a lot of really fun times over the last couple months. But tonight I want to tell you a little story. There's a story about finance that I know my friend Christine is listening to, and we are going to use her favorite, favorite word. It is the F word. So tonight we're going to talk all about the F word. Now, when I say my friend likes this word, I, I, I like to think she likes the same F word I do. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's finance. So, Christine, the F word tonight is for you. We're going to talk about finance. I want to tell you a story about the F word and how those finances can really affect your life if you're not really paying attention to them and if you don't have a plan for them. It's also very practical because I know what happens is it's so easy when you get paid on, so let's pretend today was payday and you got your check and woohoo, it's a great time, it's beautiful, it's spring. If you live close to the beach, you might go there. You might say, oh, it's a good time to go out. We'll sit on the porch. We'll have a few drinks. We'll have some, you know, hors d'oeuvres, whatever the case may be. And it's only 20 bucks. It's only 50 bucks. It's only 30 bucks. It's only 100 bucks. And then on the weekend, it was only, you know, a couple hundred bucks because you went to a party or you went out or you went to a play. And, and all those things add up. And those 20 bucks and 30 bucks and 100 bucks, that's really where people lose the control. So tonight I want to talk about that. So for those of you that are just joining us, my name is Kathy Cook Noble, 
And I am a financial advisor during the day. And every time I say this, I feel like Batman. I'm giving away my secret identity or something. I'm Bruce Wayne during the day and Batman at night. But in reality, I am a financial advisor and I am a bookkeeper. And we have a financial company in Ontario. And it is focused to help women especially. I mean, we certainly are happy to help men and couples. And we um, are really focused in our company on helping women understand the finances. Not necessarily having to have a great understanding of all the analytics that you see on TV. You don't have to be able to watch CNBC and be a contributor or BNN in Canada and be a contributor and be able to chart all these all these uh, fancy arithmetic calculations. You don't have to be a an expert in charting. You don't have to be an expert in math. You You don't have to know all thousands of funds that are out there that you could be invested in. And you don't have to know all the different terms and the abbreviations and all that. What you do need to know and what you definitely can know, and everybody out there that no matter whatever stage you are in life, every single person can understand their money. I believe that 100%. I've always believed that and I've always been disappointed to find that just when I think that there's somebody out there or something out there that's going to give us an education, it falls flat. So that has been my mission to help people, especially women. And I think that I know there's men out there and, and youth out there that, that aren't necessarily fluent with their money yet. But I say that because women typically are the ones that are vulnerable in the financial industry. There's a couple industries that we can think of that are, oh, this is male or dominated, this is female dominated. But for our purposes, when we're talking about finances, it really is a male dominated industry. And women don't always feel comfortable I know there's a lot of you out there that probably are like, hey, I'm totally cool with it. I'm comfortable asking questions. But um, that's not the case with most women. And the women I talk to, they're smart, they're they're certainly capable, and some have great big educations, and, and some have educations from life, and every single one of them is capable of understanding their stuff. But they always feel intimidated, and they always feel just a little bit nervous about asking questions. And I get all the time when people come in and see me, oh, I don't want to ask a stupid question. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to um, waste somebody's time. I don't I don't want to feel like I'm asking the same questions over and over. And, and I get this all the time with women. And my answer is, who cares more about your money than you do? Nobody. I, I mean, I... I love to see people's portfolios grow and I love to work with them. But the reality is nobody should care more than you do about your money. And for that reason alone, you should never be embarrassed or be scared to ask questions about it. So that has been my philosophy for myself. And then that's just translated into my practice. So I never want anyone to be uncomfortable asking, well, what does this mean? And why are we doing this? And how is this going to fit into the grand scheme of things? So that's what I do in my practice. The other thing that I've I want to share with you is I've written a book and it's all ladies should know the F word and it's coming out it's going to be uh available um in May after the end of May it'll be published and the whole book it's not a finance book about um invest here and understand how stocks are traded and and when to buy gold and how inflation works and what's the multiplier effect in economics. That is not this kind of book. 
So if that is the kind of book you're looking for, this is not for you. Do not buy it. If you are looking for a basic finance book that's going to talk to you about your daily finances, the stuff we're talking about every Monday night here on the Inspired Choices Network, if that's what you're looking for, then this is the guide for you. So this guide is meant to tell you what what is it that you should be looking for? Like, why do you need a will? What What are all the pieces that go together about understanding your bank fees, understanding what kind of mortgage you have, um, just asking questions about whether you need life insurance and what kind of life insurance it is. It's the everyday practical guide. And in the practical guide that we have, there is also a checklist on things to look up you should have and things that you should talk to your partner about if you have one. And if you don't have a partner, then these are things you should be doing yourself to run your own life because that's really the important thing that is something you can do for yourself. And we're going to, once we get going, um, I'm going to be happy to, we'll give away some books. We'll share some more insights into it because it's information that I really feel strongly that everybody can know and everybody should know. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. And I know it's probably a shameless plug, but I only say that because it's a gift I want to give to people about how to control their finances and really help reverse the problem that we're having in both Canada and the U.S. And that is where people are owing more money than they're bringing in. And I, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter what any of your beliefs are about education. What matters is you can understand your money. You should understand your money and you cannot spend your way to prosperity. It doesn't work like that. You can't keep spending and spending and spending. The phrase that I, I get in business and I totally understand it, it's, it's certainly not untrue and people like to use it. I've used it myself lots of times. Sometimes you got to spend money to make money. Totally get that. Absolutely true in the right context. You can't spend money to make money by buying the purse to match the shoes, by buying a third or fourth pair of jeans in one week. It's not, you can't, you can't spend your way to wealth, not in the way that people wish they could, because that seems to be the pattern that's happening, where people get upside down in car payments. And when I say upside down, I mean you owe on the car more than it's worth. People are getting to that point, and that's some of the challenges that they've had with their house. And that was uh, certainly a huge challenge that people had in 2008, 2009. And there was a big crash that I'm sure isn't far enough away that people don't remember. So the, we really have to watch what we're spending and how we're spending it. You cannot spend your way to prosperity, but you certainly can spend your money and enjoy your life, which I encourage people to do because I think it's important. I think it's important to have a financial plan. It's important to back engineer it and start with the end in mind. And it's important to plan for your future, but it's also really important to enjoy today. And with that, you have to really say, well, what's the best use of my money? Like, of course, it's not reasonable to say, let's put all my money away and we're going to save for retirement and then I'm not going to enjoy myself. I'll take no time to splurge. I will never buy ice cream, which which would just break my heart because who can live without ice cream? I mean, seriously. But you have to enjoy life sometimes and you have to enjoy those 
few indulgences that you're going to give yourself the permission to do, but you're going to do it in a very reasonable way because you're going to say, you know what? I actually can go out and buy for those of you that like shoes. I, I'm, I may have a slight addiction to them myself, but for those of you that like shoes, you might say, you know what? I actually can afford to go buy those shoes because I have done everything else that needs to be done. You don't, you don't spend first and save what's left over to, uh, to paraphrase our friend Warren Buffett, um, you save first and spend what is left over. And for those of you out there, Warren Buffett uh, is arguably the best investor, one of the best investors ever to be part of the financial industry and join us here on this planet. He is very, very sharp. He's known as the Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha. And a lot of people in the financial world and people that aren't in the financial world usually know who he is because he has been hugely successful and he's always in the top the top three I'd say richest people in the world um, he was the top for the longest time but our our uh, founder of Amazon took over that top spot and uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates usually duke it out for second and third richest in the world that's just a little bit trivia sidestepping the the keeping track of your own money but just a little bit of trivia for you and it's also kind of fun to to think such high numbers that they have. It's certainly not something that you have to, you need, or you have to have that much money to survive and enjoy a great retirement. There's certainly a lot of people out there who are having a fantastic life and enjoying their everyday and will be enjoying their retirement. And those are the ones that are tracking their cash. And that's really what we need to do. Track your cash and plan appropriately. So part of our show tonight was talking about spending habits. And I promised I had a story, and I'm using a story about a a 27-year-old London banker. And when I say London, that's not actually London, Ontario. We're looking at London, England, because I thought, you know, we know lots of people, for those of us in Canada and the United States, we, we know a lot of people that fit into this profile. And just to show you that it's a global story, not just a story here in North America. So for those of you, if there's any out there that are from the UK, it's the same story over there people just tracking your cash. So I want to share with you a story about a London banker. And then I'm going to share with you a story about the world's richest self-made woman and her pieces of success, her pieces of advice for success. And then I'm going to talk to you about something called um, an FU fund, which is a financial fund, which is going to be kind of interesting. And don't get scared. I'm not going to talk to you about the the beta or the risk tolerance or anything like that. It's not that kind of fun. So when we come back from our first break, I want to talk to you about this 27-year-old London banker. And she makes roughly 99000 in U.S. dollars, which would be approximately 75 pounds, depending on the day of the exchange. But she's she's single. She's got a great job. She's got no student debt. And we're going to see how she spends her money. So when we come back from our first break, we'll find out. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about spending habits and where does your money go. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 
by tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. You'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we are talking about spending habits. Where does your money go? So before we went to the break, we were talking, I was discussing with you about a story of a 27-year-old London banker, and that's in the UK, and she makes about 99000 US a year, which is about 75,000 pounds, and I was going to share a story with you about what her day looks like. So it's kind of like reading her journal, but it's totally cool because it's published. It's anonymous, but it's published. So I think if we can, I'll tell you the story about her. And I'm sure as I'm telling you about it, you'll be thinking of different people that you know. And we're going to just talk about how easy it is to track your cash, how easy it is to not track your cash, and how quickly it goes. So so this is a banking, this is somebody that works in the financial industry as a banker. She's 27, lives in London, England, makes about 99000 US a year. So her paycheck amount, it's dependent because sometimes you get bonuses in the financial industries, sometimes based on commission and bonuses and so forth. But usually she's around 3,600 3, pounds a, a month, which is about $4,700 US a month. So that's roughly what she makes. And her monthly expenses for housing, and I'm just going to use U.S. dollars instead of converting it each time pounds, but in U.S. dollars, she's spending about $944 a month for her rent. She has no loan payments. So she's a bit of an anomaly because, as we know here in North America, that student loans is dangerously close to taking over the number of people that owe on their mortgages. So student loans has become a huge, huge, huge expense. So this one has no loans. Her utilities she pays are about $144 a month. 
And that includes a $32 a month for a weekly cleaner because there's a communal bit to the house. Um, transporta- transportation. She buys a travel card instead of having a vehicle, which is about $170 a month. But this month she was doing without. And her phone bill is about $59. Clearly, she does not live in Canada or the U.S. Um, she has no health insurance. Savings, she has a payment plan that she usually likes to do, and her savings goes where she can put a maximum of $917 a month, and then the idea is she transfers it to the, at the end of the month, the remaining month, money that she has left over, if any, to a different savings account. But because of some upfront costs for holidays, festival parties, stag and does, which was what we would call here in Canada, um, because she's at that age where her friends are getting married, having kids, then she has not done any savings this month because she has a she has a leak in the money uh, flow this month. So the other expenses she has it's about seven dollars and eighty cents a month for her insurance, which would be like a tenants package here. She's got a gym membership; it's sixty five dollars a month. She's got some magazine subscriptions, and they total uh, seventy seven dollars a month. So this is a typical day for our friend Jane over in the UK. At 8.30 in the morning, she gets her usual coffee on her way to work and pays 66 cents for an extra shot of coffee. And a double shot is especially needed this day because it's her first day back to work after her holiday. And she's full of good intentions. She's brought in some food from home. There's some yogurt, some cashew butter. Uh, Her boss arrives just as she's finished her food with lots of pastries for her which she now doesn't have to eat. So we're going to be healthy today. She's bringing in her food. This is great. About 11.30 in the morning, she's kind of kind of dragging a little bit. So she goes and grabs another coffee, and she grabs a bottle of water from the work cafe between the meetings just so she can have a little break, which is only $4.13, right? At about 2 o'clock, she goes for a quick lunch, and she decides that the lunch is going to be a leftover salad from last night, but... That's just a little too measly. There's not enough to it. She's kind of hungry. So she decides she's just going to grab a protein smoothie and a raw avocado cheesecake, which is sort of healthy, but um, she's just going to get that from the work cafe. And when she gets back to her desk, she realized she got overcharged by two two pounds, which is $2.60. So instead of it being eight dollars like it was supposed to be it turned out to be 10.50 so it's not a big deal it's only two dollars right another at before 15 the days you know the afternoon's coming along and she just decides she needs a little bit of a break so she goes and grabs a tea from the work cafe for two dollars and 36 cents and then at 6.20 that night she buys some stuff on the way home at a, a cafe a water a fruit salad and a yogurt because she's got a bunch of work that she's got to get done and she knows that she's not going to have time to really prepare dinner. So she just spends the $9.43, which is fairly inexpensive for one person to eat out, isn't it? And then about 6.40, she's just wandering around on her way home, passing some shops. And she sees some leggings that are on sale. But she doesn't really feel like trying them on. She's had a long day at work. So she'll just return them later in the week if they're no good. They don't fit. The wrong length, wrong color, wrong anything. And that's only $32.78. So that's no big deal. And then she meets up with her friends later at night, and she just um, 
doesn't remember she doesn't have a vehicle, so she's using transportation, but she didn't load up her card this month. So she's got to take a special transportation home. And because she didn't upload her card just because things were tight, she's just paying as you go. So she paid the $50 instead. So today, day number one this week, she spent $109.69. Now, day two, she's at $720. She's out of the house early. She's got her work that she's doing. But uh, she had to grab a fruit. She uh, Sorry. She had to pick up a coffee, and then she ate the fruit salad from last night because she didn't get around to it. So that's about $3. Then she, about 9.45, she grabs a coffee at the office as a little bit of a break, and she pays, gets another double shot because it's the morning and she needs a little bit of an adrenaline rush. So she gets her double shot coffee, and uh, that's $4.13, just like it was yesterday. So then at about 11.30, she grabs a bottle of water and maybe a pack of gum. It's only $2.61. And then at 1 o'clock, she goes for lunch. And she grabs some free crisps and flapjacks on the side. That's just an, that's a UK term I thought I'd use for you. And she didn't really want the sandwich, which is a sandwich. So instead, she grabs something else. And it's just on her way back to her desk because it's in the cafe that's close by. And she ends up paying $3.93. Then at 3.30, she there's some fruit that the boss brought in and some chocolates from the colleague's birthday or holidays. So she has a little bit of that to snack. And she brought in her own smoothie that she didn't drink the other day, remember, because she didn't feel like it. So it doesn't taste so great today. So she decides that she's just going to grab a different bottle of water and, and have that. So that's just another dollar, right? 5.30 comes around, she's ready to leave work and go to her fitness class. She grabs a bottle of water and a little pack of sushi for a little snack, Two seventy-five. At 7 o'clock, she buys a protein smoothie after her workout and a granola yogurt. And you, if you eat one, you save one for tomorrow's breakfast, so you might as well buy two, right? So that's $15.08. And then she stops by, uh, her friend calls her and she's not far away, so she stops by the pub to see with them. It's it's three dollars an entry for the house charge, and they don't do rounds because everyone's not drinking. But she does have a couple glasses of wine while she's chatting with her buddies, and ends up spending twenty six dollars and eighty one cents. So today's total takes her; she spent fifty five dollars and thirty four cents. Not too bad, right? Fifty five dollars is doable. Um, day three comes around, so she's up. Guess what? On the way to work, we need our coffee. So she stops and gets her double shot, especially in the morning when she's really tired because she was out the night before. So that's another $4.13. And she runs out at about 10.45 for 15 minutes to return the leggings because she had felt a little bit guilty about spending the $32 on them. And she's keeping track of her money. And she's like, geez, this is one of the leaks. So maybe I should take it back. And she takes that back and she grabs a bottle of sparkling water while she's out and some gum. And she knows that she should drink lots of water. So that's what she's doing. But she's also meant to kick the drink in the pop. So that's why she's doing sparkling water, which costs a little bit more. At about 2 o'clock, the weather looks great. It looks so nice outside. It's probably looking like it is here right now. So she decides to go for a run along the river because that she lives and works nearby there. She grabs food afterwards on the way back to her desk because that would be more efficient. And she overspends on 
or a little bit of the the food that you weigh and she buys a homemade carrot cake and anyway $15.54 later she's back at work and then on the way home she sees a candle and some perfume from this company and she needs she's got an old gift card she wants to use up so she uses that up and that's five dollars and twenty four cents because you know when you have a used gift card and there's a little bit left on it, you always spend a little bit more than the gift card is. And then she grabs a iced an iced coffee while she's on her way home. There's another four dollars. At six thirty, she decides that she really needs a little bit of some sweets and she's fighting that Diet Coke addiction, which I totally can relate by the way. And she ends up buying a Diet Coke for $2.39. At 7 o'clock, she got tickets for the cinema and meets her friend there because it's the premiere screening. And she needs a glass of wine and gets a free ice cream, and it's free. So that's cool. So she just buys a glass of wine and her ticket, which is only $9.51. And then about 9.45, she runs into the Whole Foods store to grab a few things for the house and to eat on the bus when she's on her way home and she spends six dollars and seventy nine cents. So she really only spent twelve eighty five and with that night and so she's up to because she returned the thirty two dollars. So that day actually netted out pretty good because she's at twelve eighty five. Next day, day number four, eight o'clock rolls around, here we go, she got a doctor's appointment, but she has to um, get some chocolate and fruit on the way there because she's hungry, and that's four fifty-five. Then she gets to work and she buys some salads and some. She's at the store. She sees that she needs a couple things for the house, so there's eighteen thirty-nine. She works all day, and then at seven o'clock, and she's like, "Geez, you know, um, kind of tired. Don't really want to." go out do much but she does like to see her friends so she might stop by for one quick drink or so of wine it's at 787 and at 830 she's so so tired she can hardly keep her eyes open she heads home even though it's still kind of broad daylight out and she does a little bit of stop to grab a drink on the way and there's a loyalty voucher she can use so it actually gets her discount and she eats her little snack on the way home, so it only costs her a dollar. So now she spent only thirty-one twenty-two that day. Not a big spending day. Day number five, she starts with her coffee, which we know is about four dollars. And then at one o'clock, she needs something to eat for lunch. And she thought that she was going to have some stuff left over from home, but she doesn't, so she's got to grab a little something. So that's nine dollars and fifty cents. And I think we can all relate to you know, killing a $10 bill pretty easily for something quick for lunch. So it's not unreasonable, nine fifty. that's not overly expensive. Then she grabs a latte at 4 o'clock because she just needs a little pick-me-up. And she grabs the large one because she's kind of tired. It's afternoon, you know, she's having her afternoon uh, dragging. So that's just under 4 bucks. And then at 6.30, she's going to stop by for her friend's mixer that they have. Um... The boss left some uh, drinks for them to to have, and it only cost her a buck for that. Then at 8 o'clock, she buys a bottle of wine with her friends, and because it was her turn to buy, and they take turns on rounds, 
So it's 18.36 later. She's done that. And 11.30, she doesn't want to head out too early to call tonight, but she is a little bit tired, but she should have a drink and maybe a bag of chips, a little something something to snack on. So that's $13.10. So on day number five, she spent $50.17. We've got two days left to spend, and we are going to reveal those two days when we get back and how much she spent. And we are just going to take our second break, and you're listening to the Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to discuss spending habits. Where does your money go? We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we are talking about spending habits. Where does your money go? And before we went to the break, I was just sharing with you the story of our 27-year-old London banker and breaking down her spending diary And we're uh, for the first five days. And for the last two days, which would be the weekend, when she's going to unwind and enjoy, right? So she doesn't have to get up super early. So about 11 o'clock, she goes out and gets a coffee and some fruit. And then she calls her friend to meet her friend because the weather's so great. She, they're going to go for a walk in the park, and she only spends a couple dollars there. And then about two o'clock, she's not super hungry, so she just grabs a water and maybe a bag of a great big bag of the spicy peanuts that is at a shop that she really likes to go to. That's seven dollars and thirty-five cents roughly. And then about two thirty, she sees some shoes that are on sale, 
and they're so cheap that it really doesn't matter that she's probably only going to wear them a couple times. So they're $23.58. She buys those. And then she gets she has a free voucher for a cappuccino and some shortbread. And so she uses that, which is great. doesn't cost her anything. And then at 4 o'clock, goes to a boot sale with her friends. And, she, of course, because there's some great deals on, and she gets lots of free samples. So it's only costing her $13 to buy a tote that matches the shoes that she bought earlier. And at about 5.35, she's kind of hungry, so she gets a frappuccino and a little bit of food. And she decides to go for some drinks with her roommates or housemates, as they be called in the UK. And she goes back at the house. So she uses the peanuts and buys some wine. It's about 7 bucks. And about 8.30, the roommates say, let's go to a pub. And it's not her turn to buy the wine. Or sorry, it is her turn to buy the wine for her friends. But her roommate pays for the cab. So that's $19 that she was able to save with the cab, but she just had to pay for the wine. So day number six is only $71.55, and she got new shoes and a purse, so she did pretty good. Last day of the week, she gets up about 10.45. She goes down and gets some coffee and some fruit from the local uh, restaurant that she likes to go to, which is near her house. So she only spends a couple bucks there. About 1 o'clock... She's feeling energetic, and she's like, I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to do two classes back-to-back. So she's going to do a spin class and a cardio class, pick up a protein smoothie after she's done because she certainly deserves it. She's been working out hard. That's 6 bucks. About um, close to 2 o'clock, she is sees that there's a sale on at her store, which is you know her favorite makeup, and it's 20% off, so it's a good idea to stock up and buy a little bit while it's on sale. So she does that and spends just shy of $35. And then she gets her vitamins and the boring stuff on the list that you have to go get. And it's $18. And then she's hungry just before 3. So she grabs a snack. And there's lots of free samples while she's in the grocery store. So she eats some of those, gets a frappuccino from the coffee shop, and spends another 15 bucks. And then she gets a skirt that's on sale because it's 65 bucks. And then she talks to her buddies and about books. And then she buys a book for 8 bucks. And then she meets her brother and goes for a drink and uh, something to eat. And then she's hungry again about 9 o'clock and heads home, picks up a lasagna and, and has a snack there. So, seven bucks. so she spends 147 bucks that day. So anybody that was keeping track, she spent... Just over $260 in food and drinks that week. Nothing on entertainment. Um, the ticket was included for the cinema that she went to. The She spent about 100 and, just under 150 bucks for clothes and beauty supplies. She spent about 50 bucks traveling. And she spent 21 bucks on other stuff. So for the week, she was just shy of $500 in spending. Now, if we take an average of four weeks in a month, that's $2,000, isn't it? And we said she made 4700 But she also has her regular monthly costs, which are about $1,500. So she spent about $3,500, leaving herself about $1,000 left at the end of the day, of which she has done no savings. She has not got her transportation card reloaded. And 
she has a retirement plan that hasn't even been discussed. So that's how easy it is to go through $2,000 in a month. And some of the stuff when her roommate paid for the, the car and she had some free vouchers, it would have been more. And that's just normal. What if it was Christmas or what if it was a birthday or Mother's Day or Father's Day or or a wedding for her friend or something? So that's how easy it is for us when we say, where's the money going? I don't understand. Like it was only $4. It was only $30. It was only $25. That's how easy it is for it to go. So that's just an idea. When you're thinking about your stuff, just track your money like that. That's all you have to do is say, just write, grab a journal, grab a book. It doesn't have to be fancy. Get one of those ring books, write down today's date and start tracking it because it's so quick and easy to see where your money goes. And this is a 27-year-old with no debt, remember? She hasn't bought a car and she has no student loan and she makes $99,000 a year. Not exactly a minimum wage job that she's struggling to get by on. She's actually doing making big money in the banking industry. So this is um, one of the reasons why I really like people just to track their cash. Write down what you spend. Write down what you bring in. It's that simple. So before I also mentioned about the world's richest self-made woman, she has three pieces of advice for success. And this is what I want to share with you. She's worth about $7.4 billion U.S. She's 48 years old. And she's the founder and CEO of Lens Technology. And she's, once again, one of the world's richest self-made women, according to Forbes. And she is from China. And I'm certainly not going to do her justice on her name, but it's Zoe Kunfei. And she has worked very hard in her, her life. Um, obviously, she's persevered and she's been through a lot of stuff. But her three pieces of advice are prepare well, keep the enthusiasm for learning, and never give up easily. So it's really all about being inspired and tracking what you're doing. It's really that simple. So I just wanted to share those with you so that you can start to see what a journal looks like and how easy it is to lose track of your money. The FU fund that I mentioned to you, I just want to share with you what that really is. And the FU fund, I'll give it to you in a really simple way, and you can think of the people that you know like this. There's two people, two ladies, Anna Anne and Jessica. Anne left college with over 10,000 student loans. She's tired of eating noodles. And as soon as she began working, she was going to treat herself. She wanted to go out for dinner, so she did. Her boyfriend was a spendthrift, so she usually foot the bill. Credit was in ample supply, and she always made her student loan payments on time. Her credit score was high. She had four different credit cards and loved to shop. She's optimistic. She began her career. She spent money on clothes, justifying this expense because she needed to look good for work. She went out every week with her colleagues and often closing the bar and spending about 100 bucks every time because that's not cheap, right? She shared her rent payments with her boyfriend. He was a struggling artist who left Anne to pick up the phone and electric bill, but she didn't complain, and she also didn't keep track when her bills were due. As a result, she missed payments regularly which led to the electricity being turned off one cold morning and her boyfriend very angrily blamed her. She couldn't understand. She called the company, told them that they told her that she'd missed several payments and would need to pay at least a hundred bucks on the account in order to get the electricity restored. So she gave them the credit card, right? Insufficient funds. Gave them another one, insufficient funds, then another, then another, and all insufficient funds. Her boyfriend 
they were fighting over whose parents they called for help. The fight intensified to the point where the boyfriend pushed her. She was shocked. She grabbed her coat and left. She found a few dollars in her pocket and bought a coffee. Looking through the want ads, she was desperate to leave her boyfriend, yet she knew she would have to afford first and last month's rent on her own. The accounts were dry until payday. She felt trapped. After the break, I'm going to tell you about her friend Jessica. So when we come back, we will finish up talking about uh, Anne and Jessica. And you are listening to Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we're going to continue to discuss spending habits. Where does your money go? We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about spending habits. Where does our money go? And before we left for our last break, we were talking about Ann and Jessica. They're two buddies that graduated from college together. And I shared with you Ann's story. And Jessica's story is that she started her new life in Vancouver. She drove herself out there in her small Honda. She rented a room and shared a house with three other young women. They shared all the costs the phone, the groceries, the whole bit. They took turns cooking and she loved the coupon clipping and saving money. So they ate like queens most nights and for very little money. And she began working on a nonprofit organization. She went out once in a while, usually meeting her girlfriends for drinks. She worked hard at her job, always setting aside 10% of her wages, 5% of that going to an emergency fund, the way her mother taught her, and the rest of it going towards a trip that she was saving up for for volunteer work and international development. So since her wage was a not-for-profit and depended on whether funding was granted, she didn't worry when her position was cut. Her emergency fund was big enough to carry her through two months, which is all it took for her to find a new job. At that time, Jessica was able to find uh, to finish some knitting projects, a hobby of hers, which she then decided to sell at the local Christmas craft fair for a little extra holiday money. So when Anne and Jessica were in college, they would joke about their futures, and she'd they joke about who's going to get married first and who's going to have kids and how many kids and all that stuff that you you talk to your buddies about when you're in college and university. And Jessica always figured that Anne would be the CEO in no time of a big company. And Anne thought that Jessica is going to be the one that's going to make a big difference in the world. And what neither one of them knew or even discussed is what the impact of their money and their choices would have on their life. 
Anne felt trapped and she was in debt. She had very few perceivable options. And Jessica, meanwhile, she understood the need to be frugal and to plan for her future when it came to managing her money. So if you see yourself as either Anne or Jessica, and I, every time I think about them, I, I have so many different people's faces and names that pop up in my, in my mind because there's so many people out there that fit both descriptions and both are good people. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just the choices they make because really they haven't had the opportunity to have an education on it with some practical financial common sense because it's just not provided. And that's what we are doing here. That's what I'm hoping we're doing. That's our plan to what we're doing here on Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network because we are meant to inspire you with your finances and let you know that you can do it, you can understand it, and there is always options. So that FU fund that I said jokingly about, the financial one, that's the one where you can say, you know what, I'm never going to be stuck. This is my emergency money that's set aside. And you can insert a different F word if you want on it because you tell somebody you're not going to be um, carried by anybody or relying on anybody and you're able to stand on your own and carry your own money and rely on yourself, which is what we really, our ultimate goal is, and my ultimate goal for, for everyone is to see that and really get control of your finances. So that is the story of our 27-year-old Jane, who is a London banker. When you, It doesn't matter how much you make. She makes $99,000 a year. It does not matter how much you make. It matters how much you keep after you spend it. So the, the important part is always remember to keep a little bit back for yourself. I know everybody's probably heard pay yourself first or set 10% aside. And, and it's so basic and so easy and it's so true. So always pay yourself first. Invest in yourself. Set the money aside so that you always have an emergency fund and always set aside a little bit for your retirement because you never know when you're going to have an emergency. You never know when something's going to happen, but you also have to enjoy today while you're while you're here and enjoy your time here. So that is my advice for this week. And hopefully you were able to pick up a few tidbits. If nothing else, just track your cash and pay yourself first. I know everybody's heard that before, but it really is super easy and it is that important. Don't let things get complicated for you because it's in the media or because you've read something or somebody you talk to is trying to make it sound complicated, whether they're in the financial industry or not. It's not as complicated as it needs to be presented to you. You can understand your money. And we're going to, next week, we are, I'm super excited. We have a really cool guest coming on. And his name is Paul Jenkins. And Paul is the executive director for the St. Thomas Elgin General Hospital. And he is going to join us. And we're going to talk about philanthropy, which is, we've talked about how to keep our money. Now we're going to talk about how to give it away and where to give it. And we're going to talk about the importance of philanthropy. It's not just about the money. It's also about the feelings that go with it and the good that you can do. So philanthropy is actually a really fun word to say. If you're out there, just, you know, philanthropy, it's kind of a fun word. And it also has a lot of really fun meanings because you're going to do a lot of fun things to help people. And giving away money, if you've ever made a donation or lent, give, gave somebody money that was in need that that you really made a difference to their life, it's a, it's a really great feeling and you really do make a difference for people. 
So we're going to explore the world of philanthropy because that really is part of the financial process too. It's part of your estate planning and it's part of your family plan and it's part of your community because all of us, no matter what country we're in, what gender we are, what race, religion, what what height, what color our hair is, it doesn't matter. We're all we all probably have a little soft spot for one charity or another, whether it be for children, whether it be for animals, whether it's for a hospital, for a local organization that you have. There's always a lot of great people out there doing great stuff, and that's where the philanthropy really comes in. So we're going to explore that next week with Paul Jenkins, and he's going to talk to us about his role at the hospital. And I know they just underwent a huge philanthropic project, which was uh, building an entire entire and I mean an entire wing which is got an operating room and an emergency room and all that so huge 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 money on the hospital and they were able to do it by raising funds so that is what we're going to talk about next week and we're also going to be talking about philanthropy the week after because you may feel good and everything but you know what you can feel good receiving and feel good giving because you can also receive some tax benefits and some credits, and and that helps you keep more of your money. So you can give it away, and that helps you keep more of it. How cool is that? So we're going to talk about philanthropy for the next couple of weeks and say let's talk about how we're going to keep our money, and we're going to talk about how we're going to keep more of it be, by giving it away. So next week is our guest, Paul Jenkins. We also have a couple other guests coming up in the next couple of months, and uh, Lisa Light is going to be in a couple of weeks, and she is a marketing genius, a total guru when it comes to marketing. And she is so much fun. So I know we're going to really enjoy that. And that's what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. So I hope you'll join us. And if you have any questions, you're always welcome to email me at Kathy at Bookkeep Plus. And it's Kathy with a K, K K-A-T-H-Y at Bookkeep Plus. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I look forward to talking with you all next week and sharing more and sharing more of your stories, and sharing more information with you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday night. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.